Welcome to Mayfield Baptist Church. We are very excited to have you with us here. We do encourage you to follow us on our social media, which you can access through our website at mayfieldbaptist.com. Please feel free to like and subscribe to this podcast to keep you up to date with our latest messages. We do hope you enjoy this recent message from NBC, that it may help you connect to God, grow in your faith and serve in your own context. That is, do you ever find yourself in a moment where you feel like you could run through a wall? <laughs> and those songs are certainly, um, yeah, I was just thinking about who's here this morning. People young of age and young of faith and maybe asking if God can be trusted to that degree. And you only have to look around the room and there'll be so many people here that will speak of the testimony of, of that truth that uh, God will, I was thinking of an anchor as I sang those two songs and, you know, you trust anchors to hold you in place. And um, I can see heads nodding that, that God can be trusted. His word can be trusted because it does hold us secure. Sorry, just some side thoughts before I move into my message this morning. Uh, good morning. My name is Andrew. I'm on the leadership team here. And uh, I said to Grant, yep, sure, I'll have a crack at preaching a message. And then I realized, oh, my heck. Goodness, I feel horribly underqualified and normally prepared to do this, but I'll have a go anyway. Um, so a PE teacher coming to you, doing his best and, and following in the suit of, of Grant speaking on Moses, Nathan speaking on Nehemiah, Terry speaking on Daniel and Paul and going, that's a hard act to follow from those couple. So I, I decided to take a very different path, um, a little bit different this morning in terms of how I've approached this and when the, uh, the, the, the teaching series was first put out by, um, by Grant and he, and he floated the idea and we shared around some ideas, I, I instantly resonated with something a little bit different. So hopefully my message is clear this morning. So I'll just pray and we'll get started. Definitely, Father, I um, do thank you that your, your word is true and it is good and it can be trusted. For those here this morning that are wondering if that's true, may you speak deeply into their soul and encourage them that it can be trusted. And for those of amongst us that have weathered the storms of life and you have come out good and not always in ways that we expected, but as we look back, we see your, your steadfast hand. May you give us opportunities to share those stories with others that don't know because a tested faith can be trusted. So continue to grow us, Lord. Bring us closer together as a community and closer together to you as well. In Christ in your name. Amen. I feel like I need a stool this morning. I've been thinking about that. Terry, I don't know how that goes, but um, sitting on a stool might be a bit different, but uh, then I'd need to get a new stand as well. That'd be a bit much work, but no, I'll think about it. I know, just an idea I had. I know at school, sometimes I sit down for class discussion. I'll actually, I find myself grabbing a stool these days. I know it just changes the, the feel of it. So, but maybe halfway through, I might give it a go. Um, this series, we've been learning about uh, characters from the Bible and the risky business that they embarked on and the, uh, the risks that they took with their own life uh, and with their reputation uh, and with a whole heap that they laid on the line uh, for the sake of the gospel. And as we've picked this up, it's been throughout a number of the books of the Bible. And the Bible, of course, is a library of, of smaller books put together. And they tell a story of God's goodness um, throughout all of human history. And these stories, whilst they, they can be hard sometimes to relate to because the events are so wild and out there. Just consider Moses 
and the story of the Exodus and Daniel and the lion's den and the building of the walls. They're such amazing events. And so that can make it hard to, re- to relate to, but we're not here to try and replicate those situations, but replicate the character and replicate the heart that those characters endured and went through those situations in. So today, I'm talking about something a little bit different. The first thing when I thought about this, about which character was, actually, what about the hidden figures of the Bible? What about those who only get a brief mention or maybe don't get mentioned or we never hear about? So as soon as I thought hidden figures, I thought of, of course, that great movie about um, you know, NASA and uh, the women as the, as the, cal- the human calculators. It's an awesome movie. You haven't seen it. Um, and it did make me think about, but I thought it's a bit of a stretch to bring that in today. Um, and I don't want to be that guy. But I do want to reflect on those lesser known characters of the stories of the Bible and in our lives. But also think about the lesser known stories amongst us and those amongst us who prefer to serve from the shadows, to do things quietly in the privacy of your own life, maybe your own home, um, or in just private, smaller relationships. And why? Because everything that we do is ultimately for the glory of God and his kingdom. We're involved in the ongoing work of reconciliation. Um, I listened to, I wasn't here last week, and I listened to a message from Terry, and I finished it off yesterday, and just something stood out to me, and it hasn't left me, was that God's kingdom and our work in it is about reconciliation. Just a new word. I, I, you actually paused before you said it, and I wondered what your, that next word was going to be. It's about reconciliation. And it's about reconciliation of us with God and then us with one another. And that's our why, everything that we do and all of our service. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. But to share a light upon a sovereign God who created each of us with the biological and physical characteristics we possess and who endows us with the various talents and gifts that we each have. All right. It's interesting, this life, and particularly those among, young amongst us, you're even more exposed to this, but we find ourselves swimming in dual rivers of life and dual streams. And I think the more that we're connected and engaged with culture, in particular secular culture, the more that that conflicts with the biblical story and message that we also try to live in. If only to be monks and nuns living in you know, solitude, how life would be so much easier. But we're actually tried to, we're called to try and swim in these two streams and the conflicting messages. The secular culture celebrates and holds the currency of who is the best, fastest, strongest, loudest, smartest. They are the most valued in our society. Counter to this, those, think about all those um, that aren't heard, that are overlooked, and that are dismissed and even devalued. And to be honest, that's probably almost all of us. So who does God celebrate in his economy of greatness or at least goodness? Well, everyone who lives in righteousness and service to him. He demonstrated this as he washed the disciples' feet because in doing so, he elevated them to a position of greatness. He gave honour to the lowest of the low in the eyes of society. Think about Zacchaeus in the tree, the woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears, the thankful leper. All of these people are elevated into 
an equal level of society. And this is God's design. God's design in us is that he's made us all unique and individual, but equal. It's an interesting thing to think about. We need to make sure that we also see those things as equal. Individually, there is a design within us, uh, which is unique. It's God's fingerprint on who we are. But he's also put a collective design on us as a faith community. And I want to think about those two things this morning. So individually, we are all created with the spark of the divine image of God. And we are to see that in each other and to celebrate that. He's also gifted us with a unique set of gifts, talents, strengths, and characteristics. As I said, God's fingerprint is over all of us. And we should celebrate that and, and also be thankful for that. So despite all those individual differences of us here in this place, God has called us all to serve using those unique gifts, talents, and strengths in the places and spaces that he calls us to. He calls us all to be a servant, to be selfless, and to be sacrificial. And collectively, together, we, the church, are described as the body, where all of those individual parts are valued as in God's economy, those things are all valued equally. So the world says the things that are public and great and awesome, we celebrate those. But we recognize that the things that are private are just as important as those things that are public. Together, those things, the individual coming together as the collective, can impact God's kingdom greater than any individual can. I might be up here this morning with a mic somewhat public, doing my best. But the person in the foyer who says an encouraging word could profoundly change a life that we never know. And we need to make sure that we equally value those things as well. And isn't that the beauty of God's risky design? You know, we sing of that song, Reckless Love, because it is reckless. Trusting me to be God's kingdom and his hands and his feet, that wasn't a great idea because I will fail and I will get it wrong. And yet he entrusts me and you and us to be his hands and his feet, his light and the salt of the earth. Crazy idea. So today I'm going to, um, I'm going to finish, but my, my actual intention for this morning is to want to acknowledge, affirm and encourage those in the MBC family who closely align with those quiet characters of God's story, those who behind the scenes serve and give everything of themselves not for public adoration or even to be known publicly but just because that's what god has called them to those who prefer being away from the limelight giving them the mic would send them into a cold sweat or worse they don't want center stage they don't want public view or recognition and yet you play such an important part in being um, that important member of god's kingdom you know and in a world that needs that um, more than ever so this year we've been looking at uh, gifts and strengths, um, so particularly gifts, but I also think about those as strengths. And uh, as, as God has given us each uh, spiritual giftings, and we've been working through a number of people have, I know the youth have been doing it and other people as well, through looking at the spiritual gifts using some of the natural church development resources, and Grant's been leading that uh, with a number of different groups and individuals have done that as well. And it's asked the question of going, what is it that God has individually and uniquely gifted to each one of us? 
And then the question for us is, do I own accept that? Am I, am I willing to use it? Um, we put that list up there for me if you can, please, Richard. Uh, they're the list of the, of the different gifts and um, the colors dropped out of that, but I don't need to explain those now, but 21 gifts, I think in that listing there and, and you might recognize a few as going, yeah, I think that resonates quite closely with who I think God has created me to be. And then you might go through and do some of the personal reflections and questionnaires. We also ask about six other people to do it for you because sometimes we have blinkers and we don't see it or we don't want to probably own it, accept it, some of them, to be honest. But when we hear that feedback from others, they see things in ourselves that we either don't see or accept. And, and you start to get a profile of what God has given you as the as more prominent gifts. And as you look at that list, just have a think about it. Some of those are very public gifts, aren't they? They're things that are very outward. Uh, in they're, they're for the corporate body. And see, the world would say that they're the best, that they should be celebrated. But there's some on that list which happen in the quietness of your own home or they happen in a visit between uh, on any given day during the week. They happen in a foyer conversation or in a quiet prayer. They happen in private. And as I said, all of those are equally valued in God's good design. Similarly, some of our ministry areas here at NBC are also more public. Think about our missionary activities and our teaching. Those things happen up front. We all see them and they're, they're relatively easy to celebrate and acknowledge. But we also see all those private, um, what happens on in the private spaces. Counselling between two people, a trusted friend, a mentor relationship, a meal that gets cooked, a practical help. So this has been a um, series of looking at people from the Bible. And so I thought, well, I'll pick out a few names for us. Some of these will know and some of them might be new to you. So I'm going to quick run through um, some of these characters that stood out to me as I did a bit of reading throughout the week. And I just want to pick out one or two, just one thing actually from their, from their life. And some of these characters you may have never heard of because they just get one line somewhere in the Bible. But there's a little thing that we can learn from them. And that's probably the point I want to pick up this morning. First one, Simon of Cyrene. Well, it's a well-known character because, of course, uh, he was labored with carrying the cross of Jesus up to the hill of Golgotha. Simon showed us what it means to share in another's suffering and to help carry one another's cross. Tychicus. I checked how to say that one. That's a tricky one. From Colossians, Paul mentions uh, his name. Our dearly loved brother, jump to the end, that he may encourage your hearts. It's only a brief mention from Paul in the letter to the Colossians, but he acknowledges the encouragement uh, that Tychicus offers to another. Should pick the easier ones in that one. Onesimus. Onesimus gives us a story of God turning something which is seemingly useless into something useful. It's a very powerful story. Jonathan was going to be if I was to pick a character, Jonathan was going to be a great one to talk about. Because, of course, Jonathan had the world at his feet. He had all of the inheritance of the kingdom, and yet he humbly served David and even risked his own life to do so. A great example of putting others before yourself. Paphras, another one that Paul mentions in Colossians, shows us the value of contending for one another in prayer. 
Luke, of course, one of the disciples and writers of the gospel, Luke shows us that using our occupation can be for the glory of God. You know, the practical help of being a doctor, a builder, a nurse, a teacher, whatever our occupation may be, those things can also be used for the glory of God. Going back to Colossians again, Paul's really good at encouraging Nympha. Talks about um, to do what you can with what you have and to be hospitable. And finally, the last one, going back into uh, the story of Moses, back into Exodus, Shifra and Poir were both midwives. And despite the threat of death for what they were doing, they said, no, it's not right. We will do what is right in the eyes of God. Just some examples. So just some examples that I, I was encouraged by. So not only that, but the Bible also affirms humility and serving in the shadows. Uh, Jesus preaching in Matthew. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to the acts of charity. I'll tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And continuing from Jesus in Luke and in Matthew, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Blessed are those who are humble or meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This doesn't mean we should live a private faith. It doesn't mean it's something that we should hold hidden. I think there are times as well that we can be almost step into false humility. That when we hold things back from others, it actually stops the power and the story of God being shared just a bit of a balance as I, as I read that, I hear that. There are times to share, you know, the, the things that are going on and what someone else has done, even if they're not comfortable with it, because it encourages other people as well. So on that note, I wanted to share some of the stories from amongst us. And whilst there are strong warnings about seeking affirmation from people around us, it's not what I want to press into. My intention this morning is just, as I said, to encourage and affirm those amongst us who exemplify making their lives a living sacrifice by using your gifts to bless um, others in a way which often stays private. An example of living with an audience of one, knowing that at the right time, God will reward those things that go unseen by others. And this should be an encouragement to all of us as well to continue to cease, uh, never cease, continue doing the good and giving of ourselves because God will reward. As we continue to do life here and beyond, we must know that God sees all the little things. So continue to use and give our time, our talents and our treasures generously without expectation of earthly and immediate reward. So here are some stories of saints that will remain anonymous but just little examples of things to encourage us and to show us the types of things that happen um, in and amongst the family. Each week on a Sunday morning, parcels are given, special devotional materials, books, foods, encouragement cards, gifts of money, 
for an unaffordable appointment, a meal voucher for a couple, a handcrafted gift for another. It's all part of God's worship service. During the week, a drop-off coffee for a shut-in mum with cake. A cooking afternoon for a single mum. Cooking and delivering food on a meal train. An elderly man who saves his spare change to buy toiletries for young men at risk. A lady who gives care packages for women that are homeless. A lady who writes letters as part of a prison ministry. Volunteers who sit with the elderly in our wider community. Those who take others and help with transport to doctor's appointments and grocery shopping. Those who write letters of encouragement or must be almost all the time for the amount that I hear people that receive them. The lady who makes birthday cakes for everything, everyone that she can. For those who mind young children or parents who need a rest. A care parcel dropped off, a phone call, an anonymous drop off of flowers, biscuits, fruit and vegetables, anything. And those who prepare, serve, set up, clean, pack up, For those that do that, it's often something which brings that deep sense of this feels right, it is right, because it it is, it's what God gives us. But we shouldn't just um, not acknowledge them. But I know that, you know, I'm very comfortable with a broom as much as, I guess, with a microphone. I know that part of that service and, and sacrifice, I'm very happy to pack up chairs. It feels just as good. We don't do it for selfish means, though, do we? We do it to bless others. I think the most hidden gift of all, though, that people share is the faithful prayers amongst us, that those who, in their own homes and in their own small prayer groups, they give their time to sit before God and to contend on behalf of others, for those that are sick and not well and not doing well, and for those that they don't even know, for the wider community, for the prayers that go said on behalf of, again, it's for the blessing of our community. From me last year, just as a personal example, um, we were navigating some, you know, relatively immense challenges, um, particularly while Dad was in hospital. And one of the greatest witnesses of God's goodness to my family and my kids were through the amazing meals that were given to us. To sit and eat someone else's cooking, and then dessert too, which is like how good this. And just to talk amongst and go, someone actually stopped and gave their time and money to do this. People who not not necessarily in close friendship with, but part of a faith community that cares for one another and individually uses our, our gifts and our strengths, our talents and our passions for his glory. So in closing, don't ever quickly brush past those hidden and quiet characters of the Bible. There are small lessons we can learn from all of them, just as there are small lessons that we can learn from everybody here today. They teach us something of value, of what it does mean to actually live the good life. If you're in, think about this before, if you're in an elevator and uh, someone says, what's the good life? I'm thinking you had two answers, to give or to take. We know it would be to give. So... And God's economy is built on that attitude of giving without expecting back. So ultimately, when we think about the risky business, 
that the heroes of the Bible and of our faith embarked on, perhaps the riskiest business of all would be that God would entrust us to be his image bearers and kingdom reflectors in this world. Despite our broken and sinful nature, he asks us to daily be his light and his salt. And through the hidden actions and words of kindness, generosity and service. Our accomplishments in this life, however significant or insignificant, should always point to God and never to ourselves. And I think that's one of the encouraging things and just picking up from something that Terry shared is that you never know the impact that little things have. People that you don't know, that you pass down the street, that you say a quiet word to, that you, within community, that you share something of, you never know the impact and what that means for them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this life which somehow seems to be able to go in totally opposite directions all at once, that the worst, the most challenging, the difficult, we can be enduring great pain, but at the same time living in the goodness of you. We don't understand that, God, and I think that's part of what the good life is, that even though we go through the, the valleys, that you do call us onto mountaintops that only you can lead us there through your word, through your spirit, and then from that place, God, we share what we have with others. We share our stories. We share our gifts. And we share who we are with one another for your kingdom's sake. So continue to show us, God, as a church and as a family, how we can do that uh, in a way which is unique to us and blesses your kingdom here and beyond. We praise in your name. Amen.